sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. You want sports? We got sports. In hour number two of the morning after. Live right here on a Wednesday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. The home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, I am Ben Stevens. When I say we got sports, I mean a variety of sports in this second hour. Our first hour, all about Major League Baseball and an early look at the odds movement in the marketplace for the NBA Finals between the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics. But now time to dive in to the others. We have a match today between Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers against Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And it's Jack's Week, the Memorial Tournament on the PGA Tour. Tons of news in the golf world. Cam Rogers will join us in this second hour, as will SNY's Maria Marino. Up next for a WNBA update, about 10 games in to this WNBA regular season. What you need to know around that league. And then Pete Jensen of NHL.com. Playoff puck talk with Pete after game one of the Western Conference Finals last night. An absolute offensive barn burner between the Avs and the Oilers in game number one, not far away from us at Madison Square Garden. The Blue Shirts, the Rangers, hosting the two-time reigning Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. But as we begin here in hour number two, the NFL offseason truly never slows down. There's at least one bit of news pretty much each and every day that dominates the headlines or might be on the top of your favorite sports screen. And that was the case yesterday with Aaron Donald and the Los Angeles Rams. AD going on an I Am Athlete podcast hosted by Brandon Marshall and a variety of former NFL players. And Aaron Donald saying that after the Rams Super Bowl run, if he and the Los Angeles front office cannot agree to a new contract, that Aaron Donald is at peace walking away from football. 31 years old. That is what Aaron Donald is. But still, even at this relative advanced age for National Football League players, especially on the interior of the defensive line, seems to somehow get better each and every year, is still the best defensive player each and every season in the NFL, saying he has that desire to run it back, as you saw right there, but also saying that if a new contract cannot be agreed upon at some time in the near future, he'd be okay walking away from football. Doesn't need football in his life at this moment after winning a Super Bowl ring with the Los Angeles Rams now that being said Aaron Donald is under contract until the end of the 2024 campaign with the LA Rams but he's looking for that contract guarantee in extension because he no longer has any guaranteed money left on this current contract for LA he needs to see that value and rightfully so but it's an interesting dichotomy because most NFL organizations aren't paying a player of Aaron Donald's age at the position he plays a substantial amount of money. Again, with that being said, at peace with leaving football for sure, but is Aaron Donald done this year in the NFL? I don't think so, which obviously is going to be huge for the LA Rams as they begin their Super Bowl title defense in just a couple of months. Under 100 days now left until the start of the NFL regular season. And on that opening Thursday night in primetime, it will be the Rams against the Buffalo Bills. LA, a slight 
one-point home underdog now against Buffalo. But here's the other off-season odds for LA at this moment. We'll look at them in just a second. But first, as we always love to do, we welcome our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The second hour of the morning after live on the grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. Is Aaron Donald done with football? I don't think so especially not for the 2022 NFL season. Maybe if a new contract cannot be agreed upon by the time we get underway, this could be his last or one of his final few seasons in the NFL. But I don't think it will affect these odds for the Rams as they enter 2022 just yet. Aaron Donald, although being a defensive tackle, could have an effect on a team's odds, which is interesting. It's normally quarterbacks that have the most movement in the market, but Aaron Donald is that freaking good. So as you look at the team win total for LA, it's 10 and a half. Relatively odd when you see the under having the juice for the reigning Super Bowl champs. I have said often on this very program, on Football Full Circle, a radio show I host with Joe Lisi each and every day at noon Eastern time on Sports Grid Radio, that the plus 140 price on the Rams to win the NFC West division is one of my favorite off-season bets when it comes from a divisional standpoint because the three other teams in that relatively competitive division against the Rams in the NFC West, I have tons of questions about. The Niners with second-year quarterback now Trey Lance, really talented roster, but can he lead them to a divisional crown? I'm not so sure. The Cardinals have plenty of issues this offseason, and Seattle, you're doing, you're doing well, pal. So when you look at that plus 140 price on the Rams, I think it's great value. I think you could make that argument even a step further when you see their divisional odds into the conference odds to win another NFC championship at 5-1. to one. Time for the second best price right now is Los Angeles alongside the Green Bay Packers behind the favorites of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus 320. It's nearly a $2 difference. It's interesting. Now listen. We have not seen Tom Brady, who we'll see today on a golf course with his teammate Aaron Rodgers, take a step back. He led the league last year in passing yards and passing touchdowns and passing completions at the age of 44. But Tom's going to be 45 by the time we get to this next NFL season. And is that enough to make the Bucs the betting favorite in the NFC? Again, I think you can find a lot of value on the Rams here, the reigning Super Bowl champions. WNBA Watch with Maria Marino up next here on The Morning App. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Just about 10 games into this WNBA regular season. It will be a focus for us throughout these summer months as the NBA comes to a close, the Stanley Cup playoffs winding down as well. We look at the early start of the league here on a Wednesday live on SportsGrid and the morning after. Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Very pleased to welcome back onto the show. It is Maria Marino of SNY doing it all for SNY covering the best in New York sports with a focus at times on the WNBA as well. If you could have heard our boss here on the morning after and Sports Grid 
on the morning times. Greg Sussman, who welcomed Maria on during the commercial break with a scream as loud as I have ever heard out of anybody's mouth. We're very excited, Maria, to have you on the show this morning. I'm not going to scream as loud as he just did, but I am also very excited. <laughs> it was something I truly have never heard before. He barely says hi to me anymore <laughs> as I walk in in the mornings. And now that welcome reception here. So, Maria, the last night is mutual. Okay, that's good. I'm glad we are very glad to have you here. Good. Last night in the WNBA, two of the top teams in the league facing off and it's the aces getting another win they have won nine of their first 10 games beating the connecticut sun last night by eight points do you believe these two teams will be atop the league for the entirety of the regular season i think these are two of the best teams in the league for sure but i actually think there's quite a, a gap between las mm. vegas and everybody else even though uh, it was an eight-point victory last night. Uh, that doesn't really tell the story of the game. It was really a blowout for most of the game. Connecticut kind of came back in garbage time. And the Aces are just firing on all cylinders right now. They're leading the league in points per game and most other categories. And the wins that they're getting are decisive wins. As I said, they really just look like a well-oiled machine. And they are the team to beat. They are the team that I expect to win the WNBA championship to be frank I think Becky Hammond was so poised for this opportunity and it's so clear because when you have a new head coach come in with a new system and we'll touch on that in a bit with you know the Liberty and and even Phoenix um, there's usually a, a bit of a, a period where the team is getting used to that and they're getting used to the chemistry and the the aces haven't had that at all it's just like she's known Hammond has known exactly what was needed and she has used all of this talent and everything's everything's clicking. It's wild to see because even with all the experience that Becky Hammond has, you come in and you expect that system to take a little bit. You got to gel, figure out exactly what this new coach wants to do. It has worked swimmingly for the Aces so far. Again, Las Vegas, 9-1 and one this year. To echo Maria's point, a point differential on average of plus 12, the best in the WNBA as well. And we can see that reflected in the odds to win a WNBA championship this year. Plus 150, a very short price on Las Vegas, $3 shorter than the two next best prices on Chicago and Connecticut. Maria, do you agree the Aces should be this short of a favorite right now to win the WNBA title? I think so. And I think you might see those odds go back up a little bit as the season goes on. So maybe keep an eye on those uh, if you really do believe that that Vegas will win, as I do, because I, I failed to mention sort of the intangible of it. I just think it would be pretty poetic for Becky Hammond to come in her first year in the W after mm -hmm. uh, being denied a, a head coaching opportunity in the NBA. And um, I really, truly believe that's that's going to happen. However, um, if you're looking for value, I would look at the Washington Mystics right now, plus 850, yeah. and they're actually uh, second in the standings right now. And oh, by the way, the only loss the Aces have had so far to the Mystics, and they have Elena Deladon. Anytime you have Deladon, I don't care if she's not 100%, and, and clearly um, she's not yet at the level offensively that we've seen in the past coming off of her injuries, but she's getting better and better, and she's still Deladon. On her worst day, she's still... Uh, one of the best players in the league. And then you have Mike Tebow, who's a very experienced head coach who's been there. 
So right now that is looking like, I mean, I, I might just <laughs> take a flyer on, on the mystics right now. The sticks right now, as we call them in my apartment, Maria, because one of my roommates <laughs> used to work for the Washington mystics nice. sticks tape, as we like to call them seven in three this year, like Maria said, the second best record in the WNBA. And it's interesting to match up some of that value right now with where the standings are at this point because the Chicago Sky, a relatively slow start, but still tied for the second best odds to win the championship at plus 450. A win last night against the Phoenix Mercury. Dur Diana Taurasi thrown out of that game. So a very enticing game last night. Do you think Chicago can bounce back from a relatively slow start to begin this season? Definitely. I mean, they had one of the slowest starts in the league last year. They were pretty horrible out of the gate last year and managed to start clicking and get hot and, of course, win a title. I right. still think they're going to be one of the best teams and they're going to be up near the top of the standings um, throughout this season. But I don't expect them to win a title again. It's just so rare to win back to back. It hasn't happened for 20 years. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind. But then you look on the other side of it with a team like Phoenix. And I mentioned once again, um, you know, you're talking about a not only a, a new head coach with that franchise with Vanessa Nygaard, but also, you know, her experience is not it's not the same as like a Sandy Brondello going to New York where she's been in the league for X amount of years. And you're definitely seeing those growing pains with Phoenix. Uh, it's a little bit of a conundrum, though, because even without uh, a Brittany Griner, like whose whose absence cannot be overstated like right. they're they're struggling um but i do expect them to um start to figure it out and start to click because they just have so much talent but as far as the sky is concerned um and you saw it with the game last night you know phoenix they were they were right there they really probably yeah. should have won that game uh but as far as the sky is concerned when you have somebody like courtney vandersloot who can close, who has consistently shown clutchness in addition to her playmaking ability. And then, you know, the veteran leadership of Candace Parker, like definitely don't count them out. Uh, but like I said, it's just, um, it's just hard to, it's hard to, to put money on a back-to-back -back title in the W. Maria Marino from SNY covering all things New York sports joining us here for a WNBA watch at the beginning of the season in the W of course the New York Liberty part of those New York teams but it's been a struggle so far for the Liberty as well in action tonight Maria hosting the Indiana Fever there was so much excitement when Sabrina Ionescu was drafted number one overall two drafts ago by New York but they have been a little bit disappointing. One in seven, the worst record in the WNBA to begin this year. Why the struggle so far for the Liberty? It's definitely been disappointing, but I hate to point to this, but you got to look at the injuries with the Liberty. And Benajelani in particular is someone that they're missing dearly. She was their leading scorer last year. She was an all-star last year. And she was also their closer. And really, their record should be two, three games better than it is. They've been in close games that they should have closed out, that they should have won. But they didn't because they, like I said, are missing that closer. And also, again, with the new head coach, new system, you're, lack you're lacking a bit of chemistry there. And... In addition to Laney being out, you have Jocelyn Willoughby out. Um, you have D.D. Richards out as well. And I think that hurts with the ball handling. And that's really the other area that 
the Liberty are struggling with those turnovers, especially live ball turnovers. That's absolutely crushing them. But with Sabrina, you just have to remember that she can score at a high volume, but she has never, even in her college career, been a consistent high volume scorer. She's always been a stuff the stat sheet type of player um, who will flirt with a triple double all the time. But scoring, it's it's just something that is not going to be there every single night, especially without some other players to help carry that load for her. The Liberty opening up as a two-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Fever tonight. Maria Marino of SNY, thank you as always for your time. I'm sure Greg will send you a congratulatory text following this segment. Thank you very much. More of TMA. Thank you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Boy, oh boy, is there a lot going on in the world of golf. A new league forming with some big-time PGA Tour players heading out of the regular cycle of the PGA Tour, it seems. The match between four quarterbacks today in Las Vegas and a pretty big tournament on the PGA Tour schedule as well at Jack's Place, the Memorial this week as well. So helping us do that here. On a Wednesday, on the morning after live on SportsGrid, is of course Cam Rogers, the host of the Lock It In podcast for Believe. I am Ben Stevens. He is Cam. Cam, a lot to get to in about 12 minutes of content time. So let's dive right in. The Live Golf roster came out yesterday, LIV, and there's been a lot of controversy about who is backing this new golf league. Greg Norman is the commissioner of sorts if you will the money coming in from Saudi Arabia it has led to a lot of controversy in the world of golf and yesterday finally Cam for the first event we will see in London later this summer headlined by Dustin Johnson DJ that was quite a surprise as you saw the roster yesterday of golfers making the move to the LIV golf tour if you will what was your reaction I'll tell you what, Ben, it certainly is an interesting time here in the world of golf. First of all, the shock value was Dustin Johnson. The sheer fact that he is going to go ahead and play in that first event on June 9th was something that was pretty stunning to me. But then I sat back and thought about it a little bit more, Ben. Here's the reality of the situation. A, DJ's not playing that well right now on the PGA Tour. Does he know something more than we do about his chances to win on tour going forward. No, I'm not saying he'll never win again on the PGA Tour, although we'll see if he's allowed back on. But I am saying mm. that he is losing his game just a little bit here in 2022. That's A. B, we talked about this before. Everybody has a price. And if you can channel that tunnel vision and just look straight at your pocketbook and the stacks of money that are going to be inside that pocketbook, you probably feel good about playing in this Saudi-backed golf league. Some other players out there prefer the heat of competition on the PGA Tour. They want to work for lesser money, if you will, work for that prestige. Not Dustin Johnson. That was pretty stunning to me, though, at first when he popped up in terms of the 
list of players here. Other guys who didn't surprise me, though, Lee Westwood, he was rumored to be a part of this. Sergio Garcia got caught on a hot mic saying, I can't wait to leave you guys, so I wasn't too surprised to see him. Some interesting random names, Hudson Swafford. He's been dealing with an injury lately. It's interesting that he's playing already. And then you have Chase Kepka, Brooks Kepka's brother, who has 10 career top 10 finishes on the PGA Tour. That's it. Way down the world ranking list. Got to make a lot of money for playing in this league here. You might question where that money is coming from if you want to be involved with that. Some of these golfers right now, though, saying the payday is just too good. To echo a couple of points that Cam mentioned, the PGA Tour has not granted exemptions or leaves for their players to go play in the LIV golf tournaments. That would be a schism between LIV golf or live golf and the PGA Tour. It seems as right now, if you declare you're going to play like DJ, like Taylor Gooch, like some other PGA Tour players, that you're not welcome back on the PGA Tour. That's one, but there is tons of money to be had. We'll see that all play out later this summer and maybe have some betting odds available for it a lot of drama and as Rory McIlroy said in his pre-tournament press conference at the memorial just a couple of moments ago field seems a little bit lackluster nothing to jump up and down about as Rory put it so plenty of drama to get to in the golf world that will continue to detail throughout the coming weeks here on the morning after but what should be a fun day in the golf world today on this Wednesday cam in Vegas Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, the old guard, against the new heads of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Not in a quarterback competition, but on the golf course in the match. And Cam, as we see it right now, Brady, Rodgers, big favorites, minus 184 in that outright price on the FanDuel Sportsbook against Mahomes and Allen. How do you even try to evaluate a golf event between four quarterbacks? <laughs> I'm really excited for tonight here, Ben. The match six, you could say I am a the match savant, if you will. It's one of my favorite <laughs> events on the calendar year. I have my own iteration of the match with my hometown yeah. friends against my rival, Matt Fredrickson, every Thanksgiving week. So this is big for me. But this is different, Ben, because as you mentioned, to your point, it's four football players, no professional golfers involved. You know, in the past, we had Bill Mickelson and Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka, Tiger Woods, of course. So how do you handicap this event? Go ahead and break it down in terms of the handicaps for all of these golfers out there. Aaron Rodgers, a 4.6. Patrick Mahomes, 7.7. Tom Brady, 8.1. <clears throat> and Josh Allen is a 9. So listen, I think Brady and Rodgers are easily the favorites, in my opinion. That number is absolutely correct, minus 184. I am laying that juice here this week, Ben. A couple of reasons why. Brady and Rodgers already have the match experience. This is a lot different, Ben, than just playing with your buddies on the weekend, which all of these guys do, okay? They're all going to be mic'd up. They're going to get trash talk from Charles Barkley. They're going to get a lot of banter in between each other. And so will Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen be prepared for that? We shall see. I think experience matters here. And the sheer fact that Tom Brady is with the best golfer out of all four of these guys, that should help him a lot as well. Alternate shot, 12 holes. Give me Brady. Give me Rodgers outright. There you go. I like the look right there. Minus 184. And there are many different markets to bet on in the match between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes against Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. To win hole number one, if you want to handicap that, to take a lead after three holes. As Cam mentioned, it's only a 12-hole event. So, Cam, what are some of your best bets 
for the match, looking at all of these markets out there. Yeah, I've got a nice little card here for you, Ben. So I'm going actually Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen first to go one up plus 115. So even though I'm picking Brady and Rodgers to win, I actually think Brady and Rodgers will come out a little bit tight just because they are the hmm. favorites in this. Mahomes and Allen probably are going to play a little bit looser. Maybe they'll be on the offensive with trash talk as well. They're the first to go up, in my opinion. After three holes, I think it's a tie at plus 190. I think Brady and Rodgers catch their steam. They start going on a roll. Then after six holes, Brady and Rodgers lead, minus 110. Hole four, mm. nearest to the pin. I'm going Brady and Rodgers, by the way, minus 120 on that number. Again, Rodgers is a four, basically, in the handicap. So I am putting a lot of stock in him to play well here today. And then after nine holes, Brady and Rodgers lead. Minus 110 as well. So as you can see, there's some sort of sequence to how I'm handicapping this. All right, Mahomes yeah. and Allen start off pretty well. They're looser. Brady and Rodgers a little bit tighter. But then Brady and Rodgers go ahead and peel ahead there, you know, after six. And then after nine holes, you see the number there, minus 110 for Brady and Rodgers. So that's how I see things kind of playing out here, Ben. Cam, you're not wrong in the way that you're looking at this right now, of course, because Brady and Rodgers, the favorites to win outright over Mahomes and Allen, Pretty much booked as the favorite in every market to win hole number one, to lead after three, to lead after six, to lead after nine. And again, as Cam said, only 12 holes in the match right. six, if you will. Four quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers on one side against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Maybe it's a fast start for the old guards or maybe, as Cam said, Mahomes and Allen feeling all loosey-goosey, taking a shot at the old guys can cash a pretty big plus money ticket early on tonight in Las Vegas. So Cam, that's part of the fun this week for the golf world. Drama on one side, fun on the other, tradition in a final place. That's at Muirfield Village, Jack's place for the Memorial Tournament here in 2022. A rather substantial event on the PGA Tour calendar, maybe lost in the sauce a little bit this week with all that is going on in the golf world. But a big event means big names. And of course, the favorite right now on FanDuel, John Rahm, 10 to 1 the price to win this tournament outright. Roy McElroy only a dollar behind at 11 to 1. Patrick Cantlay, Xander, Xander Shoffley, Jordan Speed. So, Cam, as you look at this outright board, where do you find the value for the Memorial? Really good tournament here, Ben. And as you said, sort of getting overshadowed due to the match and the live golf event here. But listen, I'm going in on Hideki Matsuyama here this week at 25 to 1. He's my outright play. I think the ball striking has been electric. I'm not too concerned about that poor performance at the PGA Championship. What are you going to do? Even Scotty Scheffler missed the cut there. Hideki won here in 2014. Three other top 15 finishes. Sixth in strokes gained approach over the last 24 rounds. So to your point, Ben, going down the board a little bit in the outright market. I'm not going in on John Rahm. Again, I don't like those numbers at 10 to 1, 11 to 1 for Rory. I can't go there in the outright market, but I will give credit to John Rahm. He should be the two-time defending champion. Ben, remember he had to pull out sure. last year due to COVID. He was ahead by six. Patrick Cantley ended up winning that edition of the tournament. And then a little bit of a long shot, if you will. Aaron Wise is my other guy in the outright market as mm -hmm. well. I think he's due for a breakthrough. He's 70 to one to win. Top 10 here last year, three top 25s in his last four starts. Top 10 approach player in this field over the last 24 rounds. So outright market, I'm going Matsuyama and then Aaron Wise as well at 70 to one. 
Cam, only about 40 seconds left here in this segment. I'm not sure if the hammer is around, but if you had one best bet from the prop perspective, what would it be for the memorial? Good thing I do yoga because I'm going to stretch for it right now. My best Get bet it. here, I'm going with top 20 action, all right? Little Matt Kuchar here, a winner here in 2013, has been really steady so far here in 2022. 34th, 12th, 49th, 3rd, 2nd, and 16th in his last six starts. The best short game player in this field. You're going to need that here this week at the Memorial. So hammer a little Maddie action. Matt Kuchar, top 20. Matt Kuchar, top 20. Yoga, golf drama, props, everything you can need when Cam Rogers comes on in the morning after on a Wednesday to break it all down. Cam, thank you very much for your time. Of course, the host of the Lock It In podcast for Believe. More of the morning after on the other side of the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Conference finals time. In the Stanley Cup postseason, we break it down right here on a Wednesday live on the morning after in Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. The best in the business joins us now. NHL.com's Pete Jensen, the host of the Fantasy on Ice podcast. And Pete, what a start to the conference finals last night in Denver, Colorado. An offensive explosion between the Avalanche and the Oilers. It was a great and very fun an exciting start to the Stanley Cup postseason now in the conference finals. A great time to be watching some playoff hockey, Pete. Absolutely. Parts of that game felt like you were watching a different sport, right, in the first couple of periods and all the grade-A scoring chances and conversions by both teams. So, yeah, I mean, this is late in the game, right, in the playoffs, third round. We're seeing some of the three or four best offensive players in the entire league facing off, whether you're talking about Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, who had monster games in defeat for Edmonton, and then Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr, not too shabby either in the big victory, eight-goal victory for Colorado playing in their first conference final since 2002. So, yeah, this is a star-studded matchup more than we usually see um, in terms of star power in any given series to date in recent years. So, yeah, I'm really excited about seeing how this series shapes up from here on. Of course, you look at what Edmonton did last round. They lost a topsy-turvy game just like this to the Calgary Flames and then didn't lose another one right after that. So I don't think Colorado is home free by any stretch, even after the big win at home. Yeah, in case you were wondering, by the way, the total last night was at seven. Yet went pretty well over, doubling that over-under last night with 14 combined goals. Pete, you see that series price there. Colorado entered last night nearly a $2 home favorite for game number one, minus 240 in the series outright number. Now, minus 440 for the Avs to advance to the Stanley Cup finals do you think Colorado based on what you saw last night in the opening game of this Western Conference finals should be such a substantial favorite at the moment against Edmonton there's definitely a little doubt in my mind about the avalanche especially after goalie Darcy Kemper got injured in the yeah. game I mean I know that the Avs are the favorite to win the cup they have been all year 
I picked him at the beginning of the year to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in the final, and that prediction has aged well to this point. But that's not to say that Colorado hasn't, you know, had some uh, favorable junctures of the playoffs, right? Like they faced the Predators without UC Soros, their elite goalie and Vezina finalist. They faced mm -hmm. the Blues mid-series, you know, without Jordan Bennington when he went down with an injury, and Tori Krug was out for that entire series for St. Louis. So if Edmonton bounces back in game two, things could get very interesting heading back to Edmonton and Alberta. So it's it's going to be really fun to watch. I don't think you can rule out the Edmonton Oilers at this point. That said, the Oilers goaltending is in even worse of a place than Colorado's. Colorado turns to Pavel Francouz. I thought he was really up to the task in game one, yeah. uh, You know, facing some heat at many different points in that game at even strength. And uh, went shorthanded for Colorado. But yeah, on the other side, a big uh, deficiency is Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen for the Oilers. Even if that is a, if that's the matchup of those two goalies against Pavel Francouz rest of the series, more times than not, the Avs will probably get it done with, with all of their depth and offensive flair. When you see 14 combined goals in a single hockey game, of course, the netminders under a constant onslaught, as we saw in game number one of the Western Conference Finals last night. Again, the Avs victorious 8-6 to six over the Edmonton Oilers. And again, Pete, the Avs, as you mentioned, have been booked as a favorite with pretty substantial prices throughout this entire postseason and there's still an idea when you look at the series total games market for the western conference finals it could be over in just five games that's the most likely outcome the shortest number at plus 210 but i ask you pete given how competitive last night was in denver how many games do you think we'll see between the oilers and the avalanche i wouldn't be surprised to see six that was my pick uh abs in six i had abs in six over the St. Louis Blues, and that ended up happening. Um, but anyway, I think that the Edmonton Oilers thrive in this environment with topsy-turvy hockey, chaotic hockey. If the series goes like that, it favors Edmonton to push this series to six or seven. Again, I'm picking on NHL.com the Avalanche to advance to the Cup Final. Uh, they haven't won the Cup since 2001. And uh, they have their best roster yet to do so. We're seeing all these different guys contribute, not only McKinnon and Cal McCarr, but also Landeskog uh, at a point per game this postseason. Rantanen as well. You know, Nazem Kadri really, yeah. uh, I think, having a uh, kind of like rebirth in the playoffs after uh, getting suspended a couple times, especially last year when Kadri was suspended. And then the Avs lost four straight to the Vegas Golden Knights. So with Kadri back, and especially if they get Darcy Kemper back, they're they're in really good shape to go all the way this season. They also have a couple other defensemen in the mix that were not in the mix last postseason. Eric Johnson, seasoned veteran, former number one pick many moons ago, playing real good hockey on the back end. And Bowen Byram, the rookie defenseman, uh, one of the top rookies in the league this season at the position when healthy. So yeah, those are all things riding in the favor of the avalanche. But again, the more chaos, uh, the more craziness and Edmonton can creep into this thing, no doubt. 
Let's hope we see that electricity. 14 combined goals in game number one of the Western Conference Finals. Pete Jensen from NHL.com and the host of the Fantasy on Ice podcast helping us break it all down here on this Wednesday on the morning after. The Avs now flipping to minus money to win the Stanley Cup at minus 105. But that Stanley Cup is still firmly in Tampa Bay. The Lightning, the two-time reigning Stanley Cup champions, the second best price to win it for a third straight time. And Pete, a minus 190 series outright favorite in the Eastern Conference Finals against the New York Rangers. How do you approach this matchup between the Blue Shirts and the Lightning? This is a little tricky here because you have the Lightning we mentioned Previous two series were underdogs, and they won both series. They beat the Maple Leafs in Game 7 on the road, and then they swept the Florida Panthers. The Panthers were President's Trophy winning team, best record in the league. They took both games from them on the road, and the rest was history. So now you know, they're going to be back in the driver's seat here in the matchup against the Rangers, but they don't even have home ice here. Do I expect uh, Tampa Bay to win one of the first two on the road? Yes, I do, because that's a safe mm. assumption considering Tampa Bay hasn't lost consecutive games at any point in the past three postseasons combined. Yeah. So the Rangers technically don't need to do that. If you look at the fact that they you know, win home ice off a tiebreaker of regulation wins from the regular season. So they'll just have to hold serve at home. If they're able to do that, they could win this series and advance to the cup final for the first time since 2014. But yeah, again, I think Tampa Bay, with what they continue to do, regardless of any you know struggles in any particular game, the Braden Point injury didn't matter. They just swept Florida without Braden Point, who's been you know the NHL's leading goal scorer over the past three postseasons combined. So that just shows you the resiliency of this team. It's tough to pick against the Tampa Bay Lightning, not only with what they've done in previous seasons, but what they continue to do despite the odds, despite uh, anything that might be working against them and any extraordinary effort in any single game by the opponent, they always bounce back the next game. That's been the trend. And there is an expectation, as Pete mentioned, for Tampa to win at least one on the road, not far away from us here inside Madison Square Garden. The Rangers, (laughs) the home team tonight for game number one of the Eastern Conference Finals. But it's the Lightning as a minus 130 live money line favorite against New York tonight in game number one. We saw 14 goals last night, Pete. That over-under is at five and a half. It is a fantastic goalie matchup in this Eastern Conference final series between Igor Shosturkin for New York and Andre Vasilevsky for Tampa Bay. How important will the netminders be throughout the Eastern Conference finals? I mean, there's a good chance that you're going to see a completely different series than what you're seeing out West. You could see low scoring, tight checking type play, uh, where the Lightning would be perfectly fine with winning two to one, three to two, one to nothing games. Uh, do the Rangers have the offense to help them hold serve in most of their home games? Yes, they do. Mika Zibanejad and Adam Fox, both better than a point per game this postseason. They rank third and fourth in the league in scoring in the playoffs right now behind Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl from Edmonton. So high praise for those guys for sure, what they've been able to do. Chris Kreider continuing his magnificent magnificent season in terms of scoring clutch goals and you know net front presence and everything he does to disrupt the opposition. They got to get in 
tight and they got to create pressure around Andre Vasilevsky uh, to try to crack him in the way that ta- in the way that Toronto did in the first round mm. when he was allowing three plus goals almost every single night. But again, to finish off the lightning is going to be a really difficult task. They may need Igor Shesterkin to be the MVP candidate that he was in the regular season and play his best series yet. First round against Pittsburgh was a little shaky. They were in grave danger of, of uh, losing that series. Last round was a heck of a lot better against the Carolina Hurricanes, outlasting them in Game 7 off a great effort by Shesterkin. So, again, I think he's going to need it to be even better. This could be a quick series, but we said that about the last round, too. The Rangers just continue to overcome series deficits. They were down 2 nothing in the or no they were down 3 to 1 in the first round 2 nothing in the second round 3 to 2 in the second round and here we stand with the Rangers in the conference finals so you know don't discount what they could do even if they fall behind in the series uh, early on and holding serve on home ice in that series against Carolina Shesterkin will be under good pressure tonight from two of the biggest names for Tampa's offensive output, Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stamkos, not only tonight in game one, but throughout the entirety of the series. Who do you expect to step up in the biggest way, Pete, for the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, Kucherov is, I was mentioning Braden Point's impact, and Kucherov's even better from a point production standpoint. Nobody has more points or even close to Kucherov since Kucherov entered the NHL postseason in 2014 for the first time. So, you know, he's the league leader. He's the cream of the crop, um, has led the playoffs in scoring each of the past two seasons. So he's the safer play than Stamkos. There's also Victor Victor Hedman, uh, who, Mm. of course, won the Conn Smythe two years ago. Vasilevsky won it last year. But Victor Hedman matches up against uh, the Zibanejad line with uh, Chris Kreider. And then on the other side, you have Adam Fox, who I mentioned earlier. Hedman and Fox are two of the top five defensemen in the entire league. Fox won the Norris last year. Hedman's won it before. I mean, that is an amazing matchup as well. So you're not only seeing the goalie matchup between two of the elite, but also the defensemen, two of the very best the league has to offer. Should be a great series. Should be a great series. The run for a three-peat for Tampa Bay continues tonight here in New York City. Pete Jensen of NHL.com, the host of the Fantasy on Ice podcast. We appreciate your time as always. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much, and we'll have a new episode of Fantasy on Ice tomorrow with early reaction from the conference final. Thanks for having me. Of course. More TMA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our show together. These two hours on a Wednesday live right here on SportsGrid for the morning after. Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday going all around the sports landscape. Game number one of the NBA Finals is tomorrow. You can expect a full 
full-blown preview and breakdown on tomorrow's show. The daily grind of a Major League Baseball season. WNBA action. The drama in the world of golf. And, of course, conference finals in the Stanley Cup postseason as well. We are fired up here as we round out this Wednesday. But I have to be honest with you. I'm not the best baseball handicapper. Hopefully it comes to me by the time we get later on in these summer months when that is the main focus. Yesterday, Luis Castillo under five and a half strikeouts, huh? For his K-prop, he finishes with double digits and 10 against the Red Sox. We'll try to do a little bit better here in another baseball best bet. So before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it is time for Bye Bye Bye. I feel pretty good about this bet because the market is working in my favor. Earlier this morning, I spotted a D-backs Braves total at nine with Mad Bum on the bump for Arizona. Took the under. It's now live at eight and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Still think the under is in play, and here's why. The Braves have the highest over percentage in all of Major League Baseball. 59.6% of their games overall hitting an over. But that's because they're at nearly 69% over at games in home this year for Atlanta. However, on the road, actually they play a majority of their games to an under do the Braves at 52.4%. Meanwhile, the D-backs at home in Arizona, the third highest under percentage in Major League Baseball at 71.4%. 15 runs last night between these two teams, but I think tonight we go lower with Mad Bum on the bump that's the hope under nine or eight and a half between arizona and atlanta tonight the morning after each and every weekday live right here on sports grid it starts at 9 a.m eastern time i'm ben stevens and we'll talk tomorrow